For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing. We are now through eight weeks of the 2020 regular season. You might not be at the game this season, but BetOnline has you covered. Game spreads and totals, team player and coaching props. BetOnline, Ike, it's really the place to be. That's where you need to go. If you're trying to make a bet, you might as well go to BetOnline. Yeah, they have that online casino. It never closes. I know you liken it to the Oboe Shop, Ike. In New Orleans. So go to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. Ike, the Steelers still undefeated. It is victory Monday. A 28-24 to win over the Baltimore Ravens. Just curious on your initial reaction to Sunday's victory. Man, I, I thought I saw a tweet by the young stud, Chase Claypool, and they were talking about losing. And he said, I don't know her. <laughs> and somebody said, why losing got to be a her instead of a him? And he was, you know, it, it, it's just the confidence that's going on in that locker room right now coming in as a rookie. I'm sure Brian McFadden can attest to this. When he came in, man, I think we was I think we went like 15 and one. So I, I can understand the emotions. I can understand how young guys coming in as rookies feel. You know, you go seven and zero, and you're talking to some of your peers on other teams, and regardless on the record, you know you're one of the only NFL teams undefeated. So Pittsburgh right now, man, between what? Coach Tomlin is doing between what the organization, between what the players doing. They really playing team football. 100%. Ike, pessimistic Mark is not going to be on today's podcast. But if he were to come about, part of me just wonders, did the Steelers win the battle and not necessarily the war? And the reason I say that is because of two key injuries in Sunday's game to both Cameron Hayward and Tyson Alu-Alu. We've talked about Hayward's importance on the interior of that line. The defense starts with him as the anchor of that defensive line of the entire defensive unit. Still kind of unclear on the extent of both players' injuries, but that's my cause for concern after Sunday's win. I hate to be pessimistic, Mark, but that was kind of my big takeaway was, oh man, I hope I hope he's acting. I hope he was trying to slow down the Ravens and mess up the tempo of the game. And look, if that was what he was trying to do, give Cameron Hayward an Academy Award if he was acting, if that was an acting job. I just hope he's okay moving forward because of his importance to the Steelers' defense. That wasn't acting at all. That's not even a part of his personality. That's not even in his head. When he's hurt, he's hurt. Since I've been knowing Cam, it's been 100% all the time. 
You know, ain't no 99.7, ain't no 99.9. That's just Cam. So it takes a lot for Cam really to lay down on his back like that. Because I didn't see Cam and I play with some major injuries. And you just go through it because you want to be on the field with your boys. So for Cam to actually lay down like that, something had to be wrong. Coach always have a motto, next man up. And he believes in that. So as much as we want to say, man, that backup can't replace, you're always going to get replaced. What you got to understand as a football player, and I try to give it to a fan and a player's perspective is, we're just leasing that jersey. It's always going to be somebody coming in bigger, stronger, faster, regardless on how good you think you are. Um, I like about the coaching staff, and that means it's starting with Coach T. Um, shout out to Coach T. Coach T is the first, well, he tied with Tony Dungy, first black uh, NFL coach with 140 wins. So shout out to Coach Tomlin. We're going to get him on the show as well. And it has to be a Tuesday, so we got to figure that out. But anyway, getting back to what you were saying, Mark and Mark, he wasn't active. You know, Cam was actually hurt. Tyson, the other defensive tackle, that's going to be a major factor as well because you got two studs sitting up in the middle and they hold down the running game as well as the passing game. I mean, the passing game, they're able to let Bud Dupree and TJ get to the quarterback while they make sure the middle doesn't get wide open. So it's, it's going to be tough. Hopefully nothing major with the two, but we'll see on Tuesday. We'll see what happens with the, their extent of the injuries. And the Ravens lost starting offensive tackle, Ronnie Stanley. Right. He's going to miss the rest of the season as well. So if one of those two guys for the Steelers is out for the long term, the Ravens also lost a key member of their line. They were without several starters on their offensive line too. Ike, I know you played in several battles between the Steelers and the Ravens, and you said this before, and I'm not saying, you know, go out and injure another player, but when you have your shot, you've got to be able to take it in this game because of how brutal this AFC North rivalry can be. Your shots now because the game have changed from the physicality part of when I played is turnovers. And the Pittsburgh Steelers started off hot. Spillane has been everything more than what you can imagine, especially if you know his, his background, his history, him getting cut a few times, him just sticking with it. So he's a, he's a, he's a good Ryan Clark story. That's why Ryan Clark loves him so much because Ryan Clark got cut a few times, um, underappreciated, undervalued, but he stuck with it, wound up playing in the league for 13 years, wound up going to the Pro Bowl. I'm talking about Ryan Clark. I don't know Spillane outcome. I don't know, I don't know where he's going to be in the next five years, but what I do know, Right now, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. He's playing like a Pittsburgh Steeler. He, he has been the spark so far. Um, we talk about a lot of guys who has been unsung heroes and Mr. Consistent on that defense, Mark. But Spillane, since he stepped in, you know, it started with the Tennessee Titans, him coming downhill and on the goal line on Derrick Henry. And we're talking about a hot Derrick Henry. At the same time, you know, him getting the interception for a touchdown, starting it off for the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Ravens on Sunday. Let me go back to your point about turnovers, Ike. Steelers won that battle 4-1 to one on Sunday, and that came despite a huge significance, a huge deficit between the total yards gained by both teams. The Ravens had 457 yards. Steelers only had 221. Now, to your point about Spillane, other than his pick six on the opening drive of the game, first half for the Steelers was pretty forgettable because, remember, Pittsburgh went into the half down 17 to seven. So other than Splane's pick six in the first half, Steelers didn't play all that well in the first and second quarter. 
they come out, flip the script, they figure something out, and Big Ben finally got going because he had just 42 passing yards in the first half. Figured something out in the second half. I don't know if they, it was one of those games that kind of say they throw out the playbook and let, let Big Ben do his thing, but Steelers had a deficit to overcome in this one, and they were able to do that in their comeback. And I think that that was really prompted by the turnovers and winning the turnover battle on Sunday. Other than Pittsburgh, the Baltimore Ravens have a good defense as, as well. And one of their strengths is on the, the back end, the secondary. They got a lot of Pro Bowl corners between Peters and Humphreys that can play the ball and make plays just as well as anybody else in the league. But what Seven did, man, Seven went to a lot of empty. So when you go to empty sets, meaning nobody's in the backfield, you reduce the, the pass rush. And, and you make guys who usually don't play in space, you make them think like linebackers. You know, linebackers aren't really used to playing in space. They're, usually, they're used to going downhill, trying to FaceTime somebody. But what Seven did, he went a lot of 4-5 wide, you know, and he liked his matchups. Um, he, he put Chase Claypool in the slot sometimes. Juju came up huge in a lot of third downs, a lot of third and fours, a lot of third and six, using his big body. So, uh that was one of those second halves where we talked about, Mark, where you guys throw the playbook out and let seven be seven. And, and seven was seven in the second half. Big Ben I'm talking about, he was seven in the second half, and that's why they was able to come down from that 17-7 to seven deficit. And the importance of having a veteran quarterback, I'm happy you mentioned the four wide receiver and five wide receiver sets. I thought on the Steelers' last drive, when they're trying to get a first down to run out the clock against the Ravens, they weren't successful in doing that. But on the second down play, it was the second and seven. He lined up with all his receivers split out wide. And in that situation, if you don't have a veteran quarterback, you're probably just handing the ball off and running the ball. But he gets his guys in one-on-one matchups on the outside. He completed a pass to Deontay Johnson for six yards. It didn't quite get the first down, but in the quick passing game, that almost serves as an extension of your running game to where you can complete a short pass keep the clock moving and make guys play out on the perimeter versus just with the younger quarterback, you might keep him under center and just, you know, snap the ball and and hand the ball off to a running back. It's a lot more predictable, but those are the things that you can do with Ben Roethlisberger because he's a veteran. Oh yeah. The only other guy I think who can do that right now, he's a rookie is Joe Burrow and he's in that division. I think other than seven and probably two other quarterbacks in the league, Joe Burrow is probably, one of the only quarterbacks that likes and goes to empty sets because he's been doing that for a while now, especially at LSU and the receivers he's had at LSU. And now he's just very comfortable. And it's hard to find a guy who could, a young guy like Joe Burrow who could go to empty sets. But when you got a, a veteran guy like Big Ben, that's, that's his comfort zone, to be honest. Like, Seven really had to do a 180 to hand the ball off. You know, seven best years between – you know, Bruce Aarons, when he was the offensive coordinator, was five and four wide, spreading the ball out, throwing for 5,000 yards. That's what seven can do. But now you had to reel seven in back a little bit, seven wind up getting injured. And he know, you know what, I don't want to take all these hits all the time. Let me, let me hand the ball off. Let me throw it to my tight ends going up the seam. So when you got a veteran guy like that, veteran guys, they're not nervous or scared of the big moments. They understand exactly what they need to do in the big moments. And that's what Seven did yesterday, you know, just trying to stay at the top of the division, just at the top of the AFC period with these new rule changes. Um, I'm sure they're going to go by points if it come down to the come down, if you know what I'm saying, Marky. But Seven, just having that veteran guy, you got a lot of young rookies. 
you know, receivers too. The oldest guy is Juju, and Juju was young. I think it's Juju fourth year. He's the oldest guy in that room, but he's still the youngest guy, if you know what I'm saying. So having seven back, man, means a lot, not only to the organization, but just to to himself as well, having a young receiving core, and to and to that team. You know, we always know what the defense can do. Uh, we've been talking about defense since last year and how they've been shutting down. And we always said, man, if they only had a quarterback, and now they have a quarterback, and they just been playing playoff football. You know, I think Pittsburgh Steelers is the is the ultimate team. You know, the complete the the most complete team right now. You know what I'm saying? Even I saw Ebron getting the end zone yesterday as well. The reason why I knew because he, he's one of my tight ends who started my fantasy football team. So I'm glad he did get in the paint. But at the same time, man, you're talking about a complete team. You're talking about a good coaching staff. Um, not only the organization, but you know, seven and zero right now is is it's hard. It's hard. It's kind of, it's it's kind of like a fantasy. You know, it, you you really don't want to believe it, especially these days in the NFL. But you know, so far so good, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're on a the roll right now. Yeah, and you can imagine other NFL teams are going to give the Steelers their best shot this year too, because they're the last unbeaten team left in the league, and. Just with some of the injuries on the defensive line, I almost wish that they did have a bye to get right, get healthy and everything, but they're going to have to continue to chug along. They've got Dallas on the road next week. The Cowboys with their third-string quarterback. We'll see if Andy Dalton comes back from a concussion. The NFC East has been terrible this year, but you've got Dallas next week. I was trying to find the line for that game, Ike, and it's not listed right now just because – I would imagine the Steelers would be overwhelming favorites in that game, even on the road, just with how Dallas has played this year. But the Steelers, have been, they have a complete football team, and it was good to see how they won on Sunday, coming back from a deficit of winning in different ways and in different styles. It doesn't really matter how you win, but you get into the postseason, you face different styles of football, and the Steelers can adapt to whatever style of play their opposing team wants to play. This is where the front office come in. And the front office, I mean by drafting players who used to cold weather, you know? And what, what, what does big men like? He likes big cold weather receivers. But it just so happened, Juju, coming from USC, he didn't got adjusted to the cold weather. Deontay Johnson, He's right in Ohio, so he already knows the cold weather. Chase Claypool played for Notre Dame, cold weather. Eric Ebron, cold weather. Even Vance McDonald, when San Fran, just because you say Cali, that doesn't mean it gets cold. It gets cold, cold as hell in San Fran. Vance McDonald, cold weather. You know, so James Conner, cold weather. Right there from Pitt, hometown hero. So this cold weather comes in, and when I look at the cold weather, Joe Hayden played in Cleveland, cold weather. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the front office and the drafting part, which means a lot in November, December football, because the weather's about to shift, the weather's about to get cold. And guys aren't used to the cold weather. And the guys who are not used to the cold weather, especially if you're a receiver, you know, you, you, your drops come up more. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be crazy. It's going to be exciting. Because I'm just thinking as we're talking, uh, how good this team will be in the cold. You know, because they, Jacksonville, 
hot weather team, Dallas Stadium, and they play Cincinnati. So Cincinnati is a cold weather city and state just as well. But two out of the three, man, you playing some teams, you know, that, that just used to, to hot weather. But um, going further into the playoffs and, and the scheduling, man, it's going to be exciting to see the Pittsburgh Steelers play in the cold weather. And I see exactly why they draft a lot of guys coming from the cold, Mark. It's from the top down. We've said that several times with the Steelers organization. You get into next week where you'd imagine they'll beat the Cowboys on the road. And in Mike Tomlin's 14th season, that would mean in 14 seasons, he hasn't had a losing season as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's from the top down with the ownership, with Kevin Colbert on down to Mike Tomlin, his assistance to the players. And Ike, I'm looking at the, the rest of the schedule. I think this is a bit premature, but I'm looking at all of these games and through eight weeks of the season, Steelers at 7-0. and I'm looking at every single one of them. And it's like, I think Pittsburgh would be favored in each and every one of these games. So you go Dallas next week. You've got Cincinnati at home, they on the road me. at Jacksonville. Yeah, Cincinnati's a frisky team. Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati... Cincinnati's part of the reason why I think that the Bengals complete the AFC North and make the AFC North as football's best division. I think the AFC North is better than the NFC West. I think 100%. Seattle's pass defense is suspect. Arizona's still on the up and up with Kyler Murray. You've got the 49ers who are beat up this year and decimated with injuries. And then the Rams have beaten the NFC East. Congratulations, as they should. So I'll take the AFC North because if I'm an opposing team, I've got to go up against Pittsburgh's front seven, which I think is the best in the NFL. We know what Baltimore can do. Baltimore is right there with Pittsburgh. Cleveland is at least respectable. They're much improved over a season ago. I don't want to go up against Miles Garrett. And then Cincinnati's been frisky this year. They've been competitive this year. And I think that's a testament to Joe Burrow and what he's doing over there. I don't think Cincinnati is going to make the playoffs or anything like that or make any kind of run there. But give it a year or two, and I think the Bengals are going to be back. So my opinion, I've stated this for the last several weeks. I think the AFC North is the best division in all of the NFL. Yeah, I'm nervous with Cincinnati. My take us over Dallas and the Jacksonville Jaguars, but Cincinnati makes me nervous because Cincinnati really hasn't been blown out. They've been losing a lot of close games, and it's, the, it's been because of Joe Burrow. You know, just for, for Joe Burrow to pick up offensive linemen on Friday, he started on, he started on Sunday. Uh, I think they're down bad, three starting offensive linemen. So it's a lot of substitutions going on. It's a lot of, you know, second and first year guys on the offensive line to come out with a W. It's been a lot of teams like the Dallas Cowboys and, and the Philadelphia Eagles who have, you know, down bad offensive linemen who are not playing and they can't win a ball game. At least when you're looking at Joe Burrow, he gives this team a chance to win a ball game regardless on what pieces are around him. So, yeah, Cincinnati does scare me as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. You know what I'm saying? Just looking at it from afar, seeing how capable Joe Burrow is, not only since the LSU days, but him just stepping into the league. You know, you, you're looking at a Cincinnati team like, man, he's the face of that franchise, and we will see change in a couple of years. You know, we and it's going to be if they can walk Cleveland down. You know, I think next year Cincinnati's going to be Cleveland as far as, like, records. You know, I think at the AFC North will be the best division, like you say, including now. You know, so it's going to be a fight depending on how 
healthy uh, Big Ben and, and Lamar Jackson stay as far as like injury-wise, if they can stay healthy, it's going to be a one-two punch. But between Cleveland and Cincinnati, it's going to be, man, the race for the third spot in the AFC North. And I don't think it's going to be a blowout at that. But, yeah, Cincinnati does scare me just looking at how Joe Burrow – and the defense ain't playing bad either. But it starts with Joe Burrow. And what I've seen off of Joe Burrow now is the same Joe Burrow I've seen in college. You know, so we talked about Joe Burrow coming out of college and then wondering whether he can make that transition. And because he had first and second round wide receivers and they had 14 guys going to NFL, I understood all that. But just coming from New Orleans, I did understand, man, LSU really didn't have a quarterback or ever had a quarterback like Joe Burrow. And what I meant by that is placement. You can say, well, anything you want to say, I seen Joe Burrow place balls last year like no other quarterback could in college. And even though he had a, two good receivers and Justin Jefferson, you see him, what he doing in Minnesota? Young man just doing a giddy all over the field, a little New Orleans dance, the giddy all over the field or, <laughs> or, or whatever. It's crazy just to see how smooth this transition has been for Joe Burrow and company. So that's, that's the only team I see scaring me right now with Pittsburgh in these next three games, Mark. Yeah, and that'll be the first matchup between the Steelers and the Bengals this season in Week 10. And then the Steelers will have the Bengals again in Week 15 as well. And so you want to be playing your best football later and later into the season. I think a key to the Steelers' success has been dominating the line of scrimmage, and that's getting after the quarterback. Steelers now have a sack in 64 consecutive games. They're approaching the NFL record, which is 69 consecutive games. So if the Steelers can stay healthy, I hope that Cameron Hayward and Tyson Alualu are healthy after their injuries during Sunday's game against the Ravens. I think that's going to be huge for Pittsburgh moving forward. They cannot afford to lose Cameron Hayward, Ike. I know we talked about on this show of, okay, when Devin Bush went down, how that's a significant loss for this Steelers defense. But we both agreed because I know a lot of people say, oh, well, does it start with Mink on the back end? Cameron Hayward is that guy for the Steelers. And so he's been so key to Pittsburgh's success, his ability to stay healthy traditionally too. wish him all the best. And hopefully he can get healthy for either this next week against Dallas or the following week against Cincinnati. That's something that we're going to just have to kind of wait and see with him. Yeah. If I'm Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm not in a rush to bring him back if he is injured. And the reason why I'm looking at these three, I'm looking at these three games. I'm like, okay, if we go two and three, I'm cool with this. You, you know, eight and eight and one or, or or nine and nine and one record. I'm very cool with this, Mark. So I, I don't I don't want to risk him bringing him back ASAP because I really don't feel there's a need to, especially with you know between Dallas. Yeah, I do want to get I do want to beat my AFC teams, Jacksonville and Cincinnati. But um, if I split one, I'm cool with that. As long as I go two and three between these three games. I'm cool, but I don't want to risk Tyson or Cam uh, right now. I'd rather have them later on during the season than try to rush them back, you know? I hear you. So, Ike, I know we talked a little bit before the pod about how a team responds to losing. And then also, I think that just kind of alleviates some of the pressure and some of the conversation because this team starts 8-0. Like, you're talking about the possibility of – running the table. And so like, I know this is something you experienced early on in your career, 
the year before your first Super Bowl run when the Steelers went 15 and one, but just like, can you kind of explain what goes on in the locker room of what the mentality is of, okay, we think we're going to win every single game, but the importance of how a team responds to a loss. You can win every single game. The response to a loss is Pittsburgh putting the loss on the Tennessee Titans, then Cincinnati putting the loss on the Tennessee Titans. So it can go either way. And that's what I'm trying to tell people. Like a, a L, as we would say, it can do something to your psyche. You know, either you got the, the tough mentality and bouncing back and like, yeah, they got us, let's get it. Or it always put out when you're on the field, like, oh man, we could lose again if this scenario happens. So right now, that's what the Tennessee Titans are going through. If, if you just step back and see, you know, two back-to-back losses, I wouldn't think the Tennessee Titans would have two back-to-back losses, one for sure, but not two. But you know, that's, that's what it is, I think, when you're five or six, you know. Pittsburgh, just the city itself. You know, I think Pittsburgh always shake back because of Coach T and the way he presents losses and the way they're built to, to go through adversity. I think the first loss was having a bye week early. Even though they haven't lost a game, Coach T said, man, when they, somebody asked him, you got 13 games left, Coach, Coach T was like, eh? Like, our bye week is over. We ain't worrying about no bye week. This is the nature of our business. If we got to play 17 weeks straight, we're going to play 17 weeks straight. And, and, and psychologically, you know, as, as a coaching staff, it kind of has a domino effect to toughen up your players. And, and you see that with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. So that's just all a part of the business. And Coach T does a very good job, whether you're taking the L or taking the W, on letting young men understand the business side of, of, of football, especially at that professional level. As much fun as you want to have, as much entertainment as it is, as humbling it can make you, as much money you can make to, to whether it's generational money or just help you start your own business. You know, football is a business. And a lot of coaches don't explain that to a lot of the players. And I've just known this part because players who have come from other organizations, you know, they look at Coach T and like, Coach T really breaks down the business part just as well as the coaching part to us. So that's what I got to like and love about Coach Town as well. So Coach T will get them ready. It's just psychological. I, I want to see them get ready. Do I want to see them take an L? No. Do I think L, do I think a loss kind of sit you down and humble you? So it's just as well as you think you might think, just as good as you think you are, uh, that L kind of like, chill out. We still have some work that needs to be done, you know, but for them to go 16-0, I don't see why they can't go 16-0. I think they didn't face everything so far other than these two injuries. Now, these two injuries between Tyson and Cam Wilson, they are able to play this week, this Sunday, or you know, a couple of weeks. That's going to be one of the, uh, the L's. I think that this team has to face two guys who are up the middle, you know, who's been stout up the middle, who's been heart and soul up the middle, especially on that defense. If they can adjust and taking them two L's, if B. I think what the Steelers need to do is pretty much just clone Robert Spillane and that'll solve everything. You get him cloned and you can put him at several different positions and we, we, we know what he's been able to do filling in for Devin Bush. Yeah, Spill, Spillane, is a, he's a linebacker though. He's not running scot-free and trying to hit Derek Henry unless Tyson or Cam soaking up two offensive linemen, you know, I so they you. can't climb up. They can't climb up to him. So 
Spillane and, and Vince Wham, they know just as well as anybody. Man, them two dogs up front mean everything to me. It keeps me clean. It keeps the offense of linemen reaching up and going to the next level, which is the second level, which is the linebacker level. The thing I'm curious about is if Hayward and Alu Alu do come back, how effective are they as well? Are they the same players they were before the injury? Are they compromised at all? Are they a certain percentage of what you would normally expect from either of those players because they have been dominant up front? But you've got Dallas, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville the next three weeks, and then you've got the rematch against Baltimore on Thanksgiving night. Ike, we're into the month of November now, too. I just can't wait for this coming off Halloween weekend getting a win over your biggest rival this past weekend in a game that came down to the final play. Just what an exciting victory for Pittsburgh this last Sunday. But final thoughts before signing off here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. No, that's, that's playoff football. Um, that last drive with under a minute left for the Baltimore Ravens and having a, a, a dual quarterback like Lamar Jackson, that's, that's exactly what you want your defense to do. You want your defense to step up. And they rose to the occasion – and they kept Lamar for the most part in check. So you, you, you can't be mad at that seven. And since Big Ben has been back, six, since Big Ben has been healthy, Pittsburgh just looking like a whole nother team. So you, you can talk about KC and all the points they putting up. After KC, you gotta go Pittsburgh. So you can go one A, one B between the two and I won't be mad at you. Pittsburgh just playing lights out right now, and they doing it from all levels. And again, shout out to, to Coach Mike Tomlin for getting this 140th win. May more come to him. You know, I, I really do believe Coach T is a Hall of Fame coach. I really do believe I've been coached by a few Hall of Fame guys and he's coaches, and he's one of them. You know, so shout out to Coach T. Oh, we'll get him on the show, Marky Mark. I'll let you know how to talk to him and everything. So we're going to be Gucci for that. 100%. I hope that the AFC title game is between the Chiefs and the Steelers. I think that would just be the ultimate matchup. And even seeing the Steelers go up against the Ravens, you have the Ravens, how effective they are at running the ball, which is Pittsburgh's strength is stopping the run and how dominant that front seven is. It was awesome to watch, and they got the Jim Nance, Tony Romo treatment finally. I had called for it the week before, and so I was happy to see that this last Sunday. Hopefully the Steelers can keep it rolling, but the AFC title game that I want to see is the Steelers and the Chiefs. They're not scheduled to play during the regular season. What a matchup that that would be in the playoffs. That's, that's what I hope we get to see just because that would be quite the matchup of the premier defense in the NFL against the premier offense against the NFL, the best of the best. Before we get off, man, I want to get a, give a shout-out to Mark Bergen, my guy. We've been doing this for, for some months now. You've been holding it down for me, a good tag team. want to give a shout-out to Bet Online. You know, uh, Bet Online. appreciate y'all sponsoring us week in and week out. Y'all been our most faithful clients, that is. want to give a shout-out to all the viewers who just been paying attention. Please rate us at the five-star. We thank y'all for the five-star reviews uh, with me and Mark Burton. want to give a shout-out, man, for the one and only Believe podcast for believing in Ike Taylor and Mark Burton, uh, giving us this chance. Um, the best has yet to come. Uh, again, we just getting started, and I'll probably say this for the next 12 years. So want to give a shout-out again to Believe podcast. Thank y'all. This is Still a Nation. Mark Bergen, Ike Taylor, 
Bet Online, appreciate y'all. Believe, appreciate y'all. Want to thank y'all. Peace. Ike, we just actually got to our one-year mark to where we've been doing the show. We've done more than nice. 40 shows now, too. So shout out to you. You're my guy. This is always a highlight of my week, week appreciate in and week out, talking Steelers and NFL. I love you, man. And uh, we'll do this again soon. We'll do this next week after the Steelers take on the Dallas Cowboys in week nine of the 2020 NFL season. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care and so long, everyone. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.